Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. We're going to cross now live to Dr. D. Dr. D, thank you. Welcome to the Afternoon Overdrive. It's great to be chatting to you. It's great to be chatting to you. Thank you. All right. Doctor, if we cover it first on forgiveness, we saw an incredible show of kindness and love and care. And I think only the compassion really a mother could show when the mother of one of the hostages who was unfortunately shot and killed by the IDF went and forgave the soldiers, went and forgave the soldier who shot her son and the unit. How important is forgiveness in recovery and in healing? Look, I think that you encapsulated briefly in your initial discussion and talking about yourself personally, the experience that you had of feeling lighter, feeling freer, one dimension of the trauma and the behavior that followed the trauma must have been that you had things that you did, said, that you regretted. And so as well as living with the trauma, you were living with that. So it was a huge element of freedom and forgiving of yourself to do that. And then you went on to say that the people, you know, who you had to approach, their, their forgiving of themselves also leads to that sort of freedom, the acceptance of forgiveness yes. and the lightening, you know, you, the resentment. We often say if you carry resentment, you might as well build two graves. Yes. Because, you know, it's just, it's, it's so eating away at you. And it's another huge dimension that if you can bring yourself to that kind of emotional maturity and understanding of, of what, of intention and beginning to let it go, it's a part of the healing, no doubt about it. Absolutely, absolutely. How important is it for those affected by, and I think we've answered the question really, but for those affected by this war to start working on understanding that they will need to forgive in order to heal and move forward. Because as you said, resentment, it's digging two graves. It's, we're slowly poisoning ourselves with our resentment. Exactly. And look, I mean, you talk about the war in general, that's one thing, and that war is ongoing, and it's a reality. If we're talking specifically about the devastation that happened, you know, that where obviously the IDF inadvertently yes. killed hostages who they had focused so much and still focusing on bringing home. And that was at the end of their guns. Yes. You know, it's incredibly, very, very difficult for the families. But also they, the, the one that I saw transcended the action to the intention. She recognized the pain that they must be going through as well. It's not a competition. Her pain is her child. Very, yes. very different. But that kind of feeling that's going to live with them, you know, for what happened. And I can tell you, I, it reminded me so much of all of those years ago when I interviewed, it was a heart-rendering interview, 
of Amy Beale's parents, Peter, and I think the mother's name was Mary. Yes. She was that American field scholar who yeah. came to South Africa to actually, she, you know, help with the struggle. She identified so much with what was going on here. And she was in those communities and right. helping with the struggle. When Chris Harney got killed, people were, ah, oh, they just went on the, uh, on the rampage. She got killed in that. And her parents, I mean, she, they met the perpetrators. They right. granted amnesty to the perpetrators. And they also founded the Amy Beale Foundation with the perpetrators. And they just said, you know, she came out, it was absolutely incredible. And how can you get to that kind of point? You know, there's, uh, there's huge anger, there's huge, oh, how could this ever have happened? But by far the biggest emotion is the pain and the loss. You know, which is really the deepest thing that you feel. And being angry and being resentment, resentful yes. to people where it was so unintentional. And in fact, they thought they were do, doing their job isn't going to help you with the pain. Right. It's not going to help you with the pain. And so what we want is how do we partner these people? Can we ever partner them? Can we ever offer them the kind of enough support that they need? Can we ever find it in our hearts to begin to understand what happened? And the extent that we can, that we can and be with them and sometimes without words. And the connection even in this case between the perpetrators and the families in their pain, you know, right. is, is the important part of it. Is it possible to heal without forgiving? You know, I think that it's, it is, it remains an obstacle. Um, I can give you an example. There were two drug warring families. They, the ones who they made Narcos, the series out of. And you know, it was the, the, the sins of the fathers and all of the devastation between those two families of loss of life. Yes. And the, and the sons were carrying that because the fathers had never ever resolved it. And eventually, it was just an incredible series of events. They met, they reached out and they connected with each other. Also with Exxon, they said, we just can't walk out of our houses thinking that there's going to be a bullet between our shoulder blades all the time. Right. And they found it impossible to really move forward without the, without that kind of forgiveness. And so I think it's not impossible. I think you can feel better but as we were saying the bitterness the resentment yes the anger the um you know the 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 fantasies that you harbor about what they should deserve and get start consuming you so i think for for you know for true healing proper healing deep healing that should be a part of it. If right. it was, especially if it was in, in this kind of case, which was completely, completely bizarre and unintentional. Oh. The non, not being able to forgive slowly erodes our capacity for an optimal life because we're giving yeah. it so much energy. Right. Doctor, if we look at yeah. the short term and the long term trauma that uh, the hostages have endured and suffered, how are they, how is it being dealt with and what will the long-term effects be? 
You know, it's a very interesting question, and I understand that people are recognizing in a big way in Israel the necessity for PTSD counseling, post-traumatic stress disorder, which lives with you for a long time. In this case, the trauma of hostages is an expected reaction to a hugely un bizarre and and absolutely abnormal situation you expect that kind of trauma and devastation it goes with the territory yes if they didn't feel it if they didn't feel it you know they'd be completely they probably wouldn't have a pulse you know they'd be right. completely cut off emotionally so you know that there's going to be that trauma and the memories and the feeling of being out of control and many of them of course are still in that situation and living every day, you know, one of the hardest things in going through these experiences, even far lesser, far lesser experiences is uncertainty because there's nothing that you can definitely come to terms with. And that's why a kind of a some sort of optimistic, realistic optimistic worldview right. such that we see with the families who've still got hostages that are in captivity, you know, that, that kind of, of um, belief that it's it's not positive thinking only. It's not, you know, everything is fine, they're going to get better. It's hope. Yes. It's hope. It's seeing some light at the end of the proverbial tunnel, which just may not be the lights of an oncoming train. Right. So they're just hanging on to that sort of possibility. But the uncertainty for the hostages and the families and everyone who's in it, the uncertainty of what's happening in Israel and the future, you know, there's nothing to say comforting and saying, okay, in three months' time, we, it's hugely traumatic, but it'll, it will be over. Right. And that kind of certainty is really crazy. The way you treat PTSD, well, it's not even post-traumatic stress disorder. It's current traumatic yes. stress disorder. You know, it's still ongoing. The, we don't, the, and I think a lot of people do underestimate the healing power of support. Right. We always say, don't just sit there, do something. Don't just sit there, do something. Yes. But in situations where you haven't got a magic wand and you don't know what to do, you can turn that saying around and say, you don't always have to do something, but just be there. Let me feel your energy. Let me feel that you have my back. Let me feel that you're rooting for me. If you right. want to talk, I'll listen. If you want to listen, I'll talk. Just the importance for all these people, which we're seeing all over, I think for Jews everywhere now, yes. how people come together in a supportive way in in the face of a severe emotional event. Right. So, I mean, doctor, on, on that point, I think there are a lot of South African members of the Jewish members of the South African community that are taking very serious emotional strain very quickly just before we we go to news what can we do as fellow members of the community to support one another well you know as i was saying we sort of underestimate the support that mostly i see that people are offering each other the a platform to talk right uh um, a valuing, a valuing, especially amongst men, but amongst all of us, of the power of vulnerability. 
Yes. Very difficult to say, I'm scared, I'm uncertain, I don't know what's going to happen, I'm having nightmares. Right. But if there are groups of people who can elicit that and who let you speak your deep, deep truth from your heart without right. feeling shame or without feeling weak, yes. just saying to yourself, I'm human. These are human things. What happens is that's more contagious than any virus. Right. The minute people, especially who you think of um, with, with great respect, start showing that kind of humanity and that they don't cope all the time, yes. it gives us all. And when you do talk about it, there's a, just a strong feeling. It doesn't take it away, right. but there's a strong feeling that you're not in it alone, and um, that helps a lot. And that's invaluable. Thank you so much, Doc. We really appreciate your time today. That was Dr. Dory Wheel, Dr. D, clinical psychologist and uh, or clinical and organizational psychologist, talking about the trauma for the hostages and also the importance of forgiveness.